Hey, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersand, with Mr. Brian Terry. In between the two of we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There you go. It's you send can, us an email or you, you can just get, get online. On the live get on the, line and <laughs> get on the phone it's 291-6901 of course 225 you have to be outside of our baton rouge calling area correct and that'll get you straight up to us be glad to try to answer any questions you might have i always find it's a lot more interesting when you get calls on sure. the show because it sort of Change brings it, up it, points that you may not think of otherwise right it kind of changes the topic a little it bit it does well we always try to have some type of a topic just as a guideline to right chatter about before the calls come in or when the calls aren't coming in but that always if you notice when you get a call they'll bring up some point that just really wouldn't have occurred to you otherwise sure, sure. so that always makes you a whole whole lot more mm. interesting maybe the call may trigger something that you were thinking about and well that's right. always call us and get an answer well i ask people a lot of time they'll say well you know i kind of knew the answer well that's fine but if you call in you may someone else may have the same question and not call in so it brings that topic sure up. so it's just a good thing to do <laughs> of course, today, January 6th, is the beginning of Mardi Gras season. Right. Down in big New Orleans. I think Joan of Arc Parade runs tonight and the Champs-Élysées okay. Parade runs tonight. So, all so the, what you're saying is you're going to have a hard time getting back to New Orleans this evening, right? <laughs> well, they don't start till about 7, 7.30, so oh, I'll, well, yeah, I'll be able to slip on in then. there. Yeah. Big, <laughs> uh, another big firework display tonight as well. Cool. So. Yeah, there's always something going on down there. Always. No, it doesn't matter what time of the year, there's always something happening down there. That's right. And of course, this year, Mardi Gras season is going to be kind of short. Right, it's early. Of, uh, February 13th, I think. So it always starts on January 6th, but the day of Mardi Gras is based on Easter, which is a sort of a floating holiday. Correct. It's the, you can make me lie, but it's it's the first Sunday, I think, after the Paschal Moon. Mm-hmm. It's, and it, and it, varies. it can go anywhere from early February to, to late, late March. March. So it, people wonder about that a lot of times. So what, what date is it? Well, it's not, <laughs> it's got, not a set date. You, you got to go to a chart and find that. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those holidays that just does not have a set date. That's right. That makes it even more fun. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I thought we could talk a little bit today. Noticed a lot. And I don't know if it's maybe just the colder weather is bringing it on or maybe just coincidence or whatever. But these noises that you get in the car when you crank it up, uh-huh. and that is pretty common today where you'll get a rattle or something type of noise it may only last a few seconds sure. and then go away and many 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 times that is a timing chain rattling right there's a oil pressurized tensioner that keeps tension on that chain and i think after our phone call we're going to talk a little bit more about that there you go all right and let's see who we got online oh we got gene online or john good morning it's gene. gene okay gene hey hey lewis how you doing doing great man Listen, I got a, a question for you. A good friend of mine recommended you. Highly recommend you. And I have a 2012 Ford F-150 mm-hmm. EcoBoost 3.5. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Two-wheel drive. And I bought it new, and I've had it. It's got 107,000 miles on it. And now it's just go down the road. It just dies, and it's got a big uh, wrench comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, over on the side of the road, it's running real rough. And this, and I kill it. Recrank it and it will go. It's done it about eight or ten times. Yeah, yes, that was fairly yeah. common on those trucks. Now, when you say it die, it just loses power and won't go it any faster. Power. That's, yeah, that's it's still right. running, it just won't go. Yeah, right. almost every time, Gene, that's going to be something to do with the throttle body. It's a malfunction in the throttle body, and since it's drive by wire, 
Whenever the computer loses sight between the accelerator pedal and the throttle body, it shuts it down. It goes and into a limp mode. It, yeah, it'll give you maybe 20% power. Right. But it doesn't want the throttle to run away with you. Like, they reputedly back years ago, they had that deal with Toyota, and they were saying, oh, they were running away and all, which I think was a bunch of humbug. But they've put software in there now where there's two sensors in the throttle body and two sensors in the accelerator pedal. Uh, Assembly. And... If all four of those sensors do not correlate and agree with each other, it shuts the throttle down. So well, what happened? You said it loses twenty percent of power. It, I mean, no, it has 80, about twenty percent. It loses eighty percent. Right. <laughs> yeah, it loses a hundred percent. I mean, I can't get over. Yeah, it won't. No, it won't go right. there. It'll just roll enough to get you off the road. Right. That's it's about wobble. it. But it yeah, it, it, they say it cuts back to twenty percent power. That's the number they give. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but. The, the point is, it has almost no power. Right. You can put an accelerator on the floor and it just won't go any faster. And exactly. it's, the computer is doing that. Now, it will store a code in the memory that will tell you something arbitrary like throttle position error or whatever. you got to do some detective work. Sometimes the problem is in the throttle body itself. Sometimes it's an accelerator pedal. Sometimes it's the wiring in between. But it's going to be something in that system. And if you turn yeah, the key they, off and turn it back on, of course, it boots back up and it goes until it occurs again. Well, what it tells, what also they said that it's uh, on the internet, it talks about build up carbon on the. Uh, That's one thing. Yeah. That is possible. That. If it gets enough carbon in the throttle body, what it can do is the throttle blade can stick. And so when you accelerate, the blade doesn't open enough. So it, again, it doesn't correlate. I mean, basically, right. anything that interferes with the correlation between the two is going to. Right, call it this phenomenon. That. It's going to go in that limp mode where it won't go and all that, and that wrench light will pop on. And well, Ford has had a lot of trouble with that. I need to make an appointment with you then. Yeah, just call Elizabeth Monday morning. we get in and check it and see. How often does it occur, Gene? Well, it just started in the last, about the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was pulling a trailer down to Leeville, and it, and it just did that out of the blue. And right. I just took a trip up to Mississippi with it, and it done it about eight times on the way up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's doing it fairly frequently, as long as I can duplicate it, I can definitely yeah. find it. But sometimes we find just a bad wire, a loose connection. you got to change a little pigtail on it. Sometimes well, it's throttle body. Sometimes it's cleaning the throttle check, body. Check engine light don't come over. Right. It, that one, yeah. Well, it's got that little wrench light for throttle body issues. For some okay. reason, Ford broke that out separately. And okay. it still stores a code in the regular PCM. But I don't know why they – I guess they anticipated they were going to have trouble with that <laughs> or something because they – Broke that out separately, and on some vehicles, they broke out, like, the gas cap light. Right. Where if it's an EVAP code, it throws a separate light on. I don't know. It's just more confusion for nothing. So, I'm okay. The truck's not ready to discard yet. No, 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 no. It's not anything that can't be fixed. I mean, even if you got to change the throttle body, I mean, you're probably They're talking not that expensive. four, $500, parts, installation, everything. I don't think it's a major, major deal. Sometimes accelerator pedal will malfunction in them. You know, especially if it had any water in the truck or anything, it gets in those sensors in that accelerator pedal. You know, just lots of different things cause it, but the the end result is the same. The wrench light pops on and it won't go. Well, I'm going to make an appointment with Elizabeth Monday. Okay, sounds great. Thank you, sir. All right, Gene, thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. And that I find Ford has a lot of problems with that. GM had some trouble with it earlier on. I think they may have gotten that resolved. It was hadn't seen it as when, much. Yeah, lately. when they first came out with the uh, drive-by wire, oh two, oh three, oh four, yeah. somewhere in there, they changed over from the cable and to this system. Even up to I don't know, oh six or seven, eight, up in there, they were still having some trouble. We, in yeah. fact, I think they had. I don't know if it was a recall or a policy adjustment or whatever. They were replacing throttle bodies, or at least replacing the sensors in the throttle bodies. Mm-hmm. 
at one point, and I think that's ended now. Now, on the newer trucks, like the 13s and 14s, I really haven't seen No, I haven't seen it. any at all. So maybe they got the problem figured out. Maybe. Whatever it was. I mean, it's basically every vehicle built today that I can think of has drive-by-wire. Right. I don't think anything has a cable on it anymore. And most people are not going to notice the difference between no, the two. They never know uh, it's on there or some, not. Some people do. You know, some, some diehard guys or gals that, that have driven a cable before. Mm-hmm can kind of see it but i can see it between a cable and a right well with a cable the throttle body was an input to the pcm right in other words, it had a throttle position sensor the amount that it opened was fed into the pcm the pcm and it uses a calculation correct now the throttle body is an output from the pcm right it's controlled it's from the pcm reading the accelerator pedal and the computer is controlling the throttle and they can do weird things with it like shut it down when they don't want it to accelerate some of them, if you sit there and push the accelerator to the floor, it just won't even accelerate. It'll right. Just, it'll just Especially rev, if it's rev sitting rev there in park, it'll, right. it'll rev up a couple thousand and it'll then just see cut park out. And it says, no, I'm not going to race up any more mm-hmm. than that. I mean, it does all kinds of things. It act, that, some of them set a code. If you put your foot on the brake and try to brake, acce- accelerate, yeah, throw they, will, check engine light they will. Because they, they know that the car should be moving if it's in gear and it's not moving and it's seeing accelerator applied. So it, it throws a check engine light. Yeah, I had a fella that came in. I forgot what kind of car it was, and he was trying to check something on the car, and he was power braking. Uh-huh. And it threw a hard code you couldn't clear. Right. And we had to go in and basically do a brain dead on it, get it all out of there, and reprogram some stuff to, to get it to reset. Yep. I don't recall what kind of car it was. I believe it was a Toyota. Could have been. Not- a few of your Toyotas still have a cable on them, but it's an auxiliary cable. Mm-hmm. Where if the – I think some of your Tundras had that. Where if the throttle body totally fails, this cable will open at a certain amount. Right, so you, you can move it. You can still move it. Yeah, it was an override above and beyond the drive-by-wire. That was some of the early ones, though. That yeah, was, it was um, earlier. They, they did away with that shortly. That was kind of their transition. Mm-hmm. They were transitioning between the cable and the drive-by-wire, and until they, I think until they had got it perfected, they left the cable on there right. for an emergency. Yeah, yeah, and people say, well, I don't know if I trust as well. F-22 Raptor uses it. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> You know, some like if, it, some don't. If they can fly by wire, I guess the car can drive by wire. I don't know. Whatever. It's just the way it is. We're going to take a quick little break, but we'll be right back with a whole lot more in the automotive hour. So, Madame Babushka, you can tell if my brand new bow and mirror are a good match? Yes. As I gaze into my crystal ball, I see him over a grill. And now he's on a couch watching football, eating a large plate of meat. Meat? Yes, no veggies. Now I see him on a boat, fishing, and then on a deer stand. Fishing and hunting? Yes, I'm afraid so. Wouldn't it be great if you could look into your car's future to see the road ahead? At Agco, you can. Take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. It's the best way to catch any potential problems that could lead to bigger repairs down the road. Ah, it looks like all this man wants to do is watch sports, hunt, fish, and grill. Oh, Madame Babushka, I love all those things. He sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Ah, c'est la vie. My work here is done. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. We certainly appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. And if you got time, go ahead and give us a call. We'll glad to try to answer any questions you might have. 291-6901. Get you straight to us. That All will. our lines open. We were talking just a little bit about the phenomenon that I guess it's relatively new. Been out a few years, but 
it's the rattle on startup. Uh-huh. And a lot of vehicles have that. On some of them, it's considered almost normal for the design. A lot of them is caused by either using the improper oil or if you follow the manufacturer's recommendations, which I think are ridiculous. They are. They extend it way, way out. A lot of times you'll experience it. And even the wrong oil filter. Wrong could cause oil it. filters can cause that. You put one of those cheap white box oil filters on it. But you get when you, you crank the car up first thing in the morning and it's a loud rattle noise. And it and only rattles for a few seconds. A few seconds and then it goes away and it may not do it again for the rest of the day. Uh huh. And unfortunately, when you bring it to the shop, if you drive it in, they get in, they crank it up, they can't duplicate it. They keep it all day and they can't duplicate it. But what you need to do if you're having that problem and you want to have it diagnosed is you need to bring the car in the night before and leave it with them where they can park it in the bay. That way they can listen that morning, be ready with a stethoscope, crank exactly. it up first thing that morning. And you may have to leave it multiple days. Right. Because even if they diagnose the problem, when they make the repair, they're going to need to confirm the sure. repair. So it's going to have to sit overnight again. Sit overnight again. And a lot of vehicles are having it. I know Toyota had a lot of trouble with that on some they of did. their engines. And I don't recall what the resolution was on it if they just said, hey, it's just a normal noise, don't worry about it. I know at one time it was changing some cam sprockets and stuff. And I don't know if they ever did get it completely resolved. A lot of vehicles seem to have that. Some of the Hondas have it, too. Just a, a rattle on startup. And right. it's yep. because of the variable cam time, and it's got all these sprockets and all that can move, and they're all run by oil pressure. Right, and if there's no oil pressure, they're going to go to a default. And well, there's nothing to hold it tight. It's right. All, it's all loose in there, so it just rattles around. And the reason they call for zero W20 motor oil in these cars is because a zero-weight oil will respond much faster when it's cold. Right, and now, it'll get to the top end a lot When quicker. it gets hot, it's still 20-weight oil, which is what the engine's designed to run on. But all these... Old schoolers, oh, no, that's too thin. I'm going to put straight 20 weight. I'm going to put 30 weight. I'm going to put 5W30. Uh-huh. They think they know more than the engineers who designed the car. Right. And at best, they're operating on very limited information. Most time, they're operating on obsolete information because they're still thinking of a timing chain as a V8 Chevrolet, six-inch long thing stretched between two sprockets. And it's not. You know, timing chain today might be... 10, 12, 15 feet long if you stretch it out. It's got guides on it. Guides, it's got oil pressures, tensioners, tensioners, variable sprockets that move and, and all this sort of thing. And the oil is doing so, so much more than, than just lubricating to. the engine. Yeah. So you can't use old world thinking on a modern technological advanced car. And that's one of the reasons we get that. I know we had a gentleman came in the other day and he had a Honda, and we cranked it up, and it did have the rattle on startup. Mm-hmm. And there's a bulletin out to change the uh, I think VTEC VTEC or something like that, but that's a four or $500 part. Right. And I noticed that his oil change was not yet due, but if you looked at the mileage on it, it was showing about 10,000 miles is what they were recommending on that chain. I said, well, mm-hmm. the first thing I'd do is I would change the oil on it, and I'd go to more frequent oil changes on. And if I'm let's not, see if the noise doesn't go away. If I'm not mistaken, it had a aftermarket oil filter on it also. I believe it, it did. Did not have a Honda filter on I it. I believe it did. So just by changing the oil and I think we kept it over next morning. Next morning it did not do it, but mm-hmm. again, that's not conclusive proof. I said, let's do this, drive it. If the noise persists, then we're gonna need to change the solenoid. Sure. But that's an expensive part. It's not like it's a 
$25 part. You know, let's just do it anyway. Right, know? and there's a good bit of labor to get to it also. It is. I think it was a two-and-a-half-hour job to get to it. So certainly it's not going to hurt anything. Do a little more frequent oil changes on the thing. And be sure that they're using the proper oil. That's right. another problem that we get a lot of times is that you go to a quick change place and the oil change guy will take it on himself to substitute to, the oil. Sure. <laughs> well, I think so. Oh, now, what are your qualifications exactly? <laughs> you know, you're changing all down here at Goofy Lube. You know? <laughs> I've seen it happen. And, you know, even, even worse than that is if you go one place one time and the next time you need your oil change, you go to a different, right. different place. They're not using the same oil. They're not using the same oil and maybe not even using the right oil. Right. I remember when the Ford diesels came out, the newer Ford diesel. With the it required 1540? A, well, 1540 was the standard was the oil. Standard. This, this has like a, oh, I don't remember, like a 10W, 10W40, whatever. It's mm-hmm. a special, specific oil, maybe right. a 5W40 or something. And it requires, I mean, the specification says use this all meets this specification. Well, I started checking different alls. They didn't meet that specification. Right. So I called Ford. I said, look, I need to get a couple of cases of this all. Oh, we don't stock that. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You y'all don't, are, you don't y'all stock are, that? Y'all oh, we changing. just put, we put 1540 in them. Now, wait a minute. Who who said that's okay? Right. Well, I said that people don't want to spend all the money on that other all. Now, wait a minute. This is the spec for This it. is the specification. You got to put the right all in there. I mean, that's the truck you bought. Yeah, well, we, Why don't you we'll, explain to the guy it's going to be a hundred and a half for an oil change before he buys the truck? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but, what were you doing for warranty work? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but, I mean, I got finally one Ford dealer that, that started stocking it for me, and he would ship it. We'd buy sure. it by the case, and we'd have it. And we don't work on that many of those trucks, but we do the ones we do, we'd be sure to put the right all in it. And it's become a little more easy to get now because I guess the the factory reps have been chewing their behinds out, denying some warranty claims and putting the wrong oil in them. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, oils are very, very, very specific. And if you don't use the right oil and the exact right filter, then you may get that rattle in the morning. Now, sometimes, like I said, in the, the, the Toyota problem, it seems like to me that problem would go on for years and never really get a whole lot worse. You just have a rattle on startup. But there are other vehicles like your Ford V8s. When you get that rattle, it generally is a problem. Something like one of the guides has broken, and that's going to get progressively worse. And generally, it's going to throw a check engine light before very long because the cams will get out of sync with each other. And then you're going to be in there tearing the front of the motor down, trying to get the the chains and all the the little tension. Well, I say little tension. Little guides and stuff. Eight ten inches long on each chain, and the the tensioners also. I'm at the. Uh, Oh, what am I trying right. to say? That's about <laughs> a $2,500 job. Yeah. Because it's got two big chains in there. You've got 10. And in fact, I think the 5.4 has four four chains in it, if I'm not mistaken. Two big ones and two little ones to drive the dual cams. But you got all these chains and guides and tensioners and stuff in here, right. idlers and what have you, that make all this go around. And you have to tear the entire front of the motor down to get to it. So it's a big, big deal. And it requires a number of special tools to retime all this stuff. So unless you want to go buy $500, $800 worth of tooling, it's probably not practical to try to do the job yourself, no, I even be. though you're handy enough to do it. I mean, unless you're going to get in the business of doing them. Yeah. It's, it's almost not worth doing. And by the time you use these tools again, they'll be going to change them all. <laughs> they won't apply anyway. But, yeah, that's uh, one of those things. And that particular engine, like your 5.4 3-valve or even your 4.6, require 5W20 synthetic blend. Correct. Now, the synthetic blend is not a recommendation. That is what is required in that engine. 
And I like to use nothing but the Motocraft filter on them. The earlier ones took an 820S. I think the later ones take a 500S. 500. Mm -hmm. But they've got a silicone drain bag valve that holds pressure on that system. Whereas some of these cheaper filters, they may have a neoprene valve or no valve at all. And, and it allows the oil, the oil pressure is going to leak off and not keep everything tight. So when you crank it up in the morning, it's got to wait for that oil pressure to repressurize the guides and the tensioners to take up the slack it's where it won't rattle. jerk. And when it jerks, it's going to slam against that plastic tensioner. And if you don't change the oil often enough, those tensioners tend to get brittle because yep. the plasticizers and stuff and the oil has gone away, even the though it's still lubricating. They get brittle, and one good slam against it breaks that guide. Well, then it starts throwing a cam correlation code. And, mm. again, all of this could probably be prevented fairly easily just by using the right oil, the right filter, and a little mm. more timely oil changes. Yep. I just don't see the point in trying to go out 10,000 miles. I mean, ever since that, those recommendations have come out, we've changed more engines. Uh, engines, time and change, just yeah. on and on and on and on and on. It's just... Your guy says, well, it sounds like you don't like us. Well, I love it. It's three grand oh, yeah. trying to roll in here. I'm just trying to help you. Right. <laughs> Let's go back to our phone. I've got Sid online. Good morning, Sid. Yes. You have changed my oil for some time, mm -hmm. and uh, you put a uh, mobile super, I forget what weight. Yeah. I went to uh, three of the auto aftermarket places, mm -hmm. and all they have is synthetics. Yeah, well, Mobile One is a fully synthetic. That's, you, you talking about using Mobile One or you talking about using like Mobile Clean or, or Exxon Superflow? You put a Mobile Super in it. Yeah, yeah, that's a standard all. See, they've changed the designation on synthetic recently. And basically the way they're doing it, they, they, now they're calling everything synthetic. Because when we buy even our bulk oil, which is regular oil, they got synthetic written on it. They've just changed the designation. If it meets the GL4, they're just calling it synthetic no matter what it's made out of, which is just confusing the devil out of everybody. So I can use the synthetic that I get from yeah. one of those places? Yeah, it, it should be the same price as the old oil. All they've changed is the packaging on it. There's I a, see. If it meets GL4, they're calling everything synthetic now. And you can turn that bottle around and look on the back, and it'll say it'll give you a designation Yeah, as to what it. It'll, it'll be cover. like the API rating will be SN, Sam, Nancy. As long as it meets SN or GL4, then it's going to give you all the protection you need. And they're going to call it synthetic. I don't know why they do that. I said the last time we ordered bulk oil, I ordered, you know, the 5W30 regular mobile clean or, or Superflow, and it came in and it says synthetic, but it was the same price. And I said, wait a minute, you made a mistake here. I said, this is, I didn't order synthetic. He said, no, yes, they're all that now. So I guess if you start looking around in the future, you're going to see, you know, all this comes back several years ago. There was a big lawsuit between Mobile and I think it was. I don't remember. Oh, one of the other companies. And Mobile One at that time was a true synthetic, as I call it, made out of alcohol. And the other company was making it all out of just regular Group 4 brace stock. And Mobile One sued the other company. You can't call it a synthetic. Well, the court found as long as it meets this specification, the word synthetic doesn't mean what it's made out of, only that it meets a certain spec. So I suppose it's just the fruition of that. It's just coming around. They're calling everything synthetic now. Not confuse anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Thank you much. Okay, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we got time for one more call. we got Bruce online. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Yes, sir. I'm one of them that's confused. Uh-huh. Well, you, you and me both. I was going to say. 
what is the difference between the uh, Motocraft Blend 5W20 mm-hmm. and a full synthetic 5W20? Well, again, I think that's probably all going to change. It's just more nomenclature than anything else. What they used to call synthetic was an oil that was man-made. In other words, they, they would take an alcohol base, break it down, arrange the molecules to get a higher rating and all that, and that was what was traditionally called a synthetic oil. And it was either ester or, um, oh, I forget the other designation, type blend of thing, a man-made thing. Now what they're doing, they're taking regular old fossil oil, and I guess it's got to do with the fact that the price of oil is down so much. They can take like a Group 4 base stock, hydrocrack it, and get the same standards out of it. It'll still meet the same specification. So what the courts have found is as long as it meets the specification, it doesn't have to be man-made to call it synthetic. So they're starting to change all that now. And and to me, it's a disservice to the customer because it used to be you were getting a true man-made product. Polyalpha olefin, I think, is is the word I'm looking for. Or ester-based product was what they call synthetics. And a blend was they took fossil oil and the synthetic oil and mixed them together to get some of, you know, it was less expensive than a true full synthetic, but it gave you a lot more than just a base stock fossil oil. Now what they're doing, they're coming out and they say, as long as they meet this specification, they call them all synthetic. So it's it just, I don't know, it's very confusing to me. And it looks like it's going to get more confusing before they get it settled out. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, you got to look on there and make sure it meets the standard SN, which is your latest classification API, and make sure it meets GL4. But there's other little specifications. That's one of the reasons that GM went to that Dex, uh, Dexos. Dexos was to try to standardize some of that because it had enough additives to protect their timing chains and stuff. But even the Dexos used to be labeled synthetic blend. Now it's labeled fully synthetic. Right. And it's the same th- same stuff, same part number. Because mm-hmm. I've got a fairly new Ford pickup mm-hmm. that with five-liter engine in it. Right. And, of course, factory recommends 5W20 blend. Right. Most and, and that's what I continue to use. Yeah. But uh, don't be surprised next time you buy it, it doesn't say synthetic on it, not synthetic blend. Well, the last time I had the oil changed in it was a full synthetic 5W20. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it may just be the name has changed. Right. Well, it, it wasn't Motocraft oil. Yeah, I would try to stay with the Motocraft oil just because when you start changing the brands of oil, you can end up with some oil consumption problems. You know, not all the additive packages are going to be compatible. Well, so far, of course, the thing doesn't have the 6,000. Right, you got right. no miles on it at all. But, but uh, I would try to stay with the same brand, brand. of oil just because Correct. the additive packages can give you some compatibility issues when you start swapping brands. But the synthetic, okay. synthetic blend and all that is kind of going away now. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay, Miss Bruce. Bye bye. All right, we gotta take another quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome. I am the great fondue, automobile fortune teller. Sit. I'm hoping you can tell me if I have any big car repairs looming in my future. Ah, I see you among many cars, stopping and going. Yeah, Baton Rouge traffic. Now you're making a left turn. Hands, ten and two. Nice form. Uh, thanks? Now you're stopped at a light. Look, you're just naming things I do every day. I want to know if my car is going to break down anytime soon. If you're hoping to gaze into your car's future, Agco suggests bringing in your vehicle once a year for a general inspection. Agco gives 
gives you an honest opinion on the maintenance needed to keep your car running and save you money on big repairs in the future. Craig Fondue, you should try another profession instead of a car fortune teller. Well, I was a mechanic at one of those quick lube places, and believe me, I'm actually a better fortune teller. Well, that's scary. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Between Tools will try to answer any automotive question you might have. Go ahead and give us a call, 291-6901. We were talking a bit about variable cam timing uh-huh. and the rattles and noises that can be produced. And sometimes it's a big problem. Sometimes it's not as big a problem. And I guess the biggest thing that a person, the average person, can do is just make sure that when you get your oil changed or when you change your oil, you put the proper oil that is recommended. I would recommend the factory filter sure. just because, and I've had people say, well, is that the absolute ultimate best filter? Well, maybe so, maybe not. It's at least a good filter. Well, it will always it's, consistently be good. Right. It's the filter that is engineered for that vehicle, for that engine. Mm-hmm. I say for that vehicle, for that right. engine. And it will always be good. It will always be adequate to the task that it's designed for. And readily available. And readily available. So you know you're getting the same thing each and every time. I know when you buy, I'm not going to name brand names, but certain brand names, a lot of them, will have like a gold line and a silver line. Correct. And the gold line filter might be a a good quality filter. And then they have a silver line filter, which is maybe an imported knockoff filter that they put their name on. And more and more and more auto parts companies are doing this. And I think it's being driven a lot by the internet where people go on the internet and they're looking for deals on mm-hmm. stuff and they're looking for the lowest possible price so they figure out ways to give you a lower price sure if that's going to bring you in they say hey they're going to buy a cheap junk part anyway might as well buy it from us so they'll put their name on it and it's a second line part and in some cases you have to really be careful to know the difference between the good part and the junk part i know ac delco is notorious for that right they make two different lines and they put them in the same box i mean unless you know the part numbers you don't know if you're getting a knockoff or you're getting the real OEM part. Exactly. For GM cars. And lots of them do that. A lot of the dealerships, even if you go to the dealership, doesn't mean you're getting OEM parts anymore because a lot of them have, they'll call it a value line or a second line or whatever. And I know Chrysler's got that. Ford's got that. Right. GM's got it. Even Toyota has a value line set of brake pads now. And I don't see where there's enough savings there to compromise and buy something that's not the OEM part. Because they're not that much cheaper. And they don't give near as good performance. I don't find they do. I know we've taken a few sets off. And, of course, with Ford, a lot of times you're not going to have an option because Ford starts discontinuing the OEM parts after maybe six years, and all you can get is the Motocraft paint. Right. That's the only thing that's available anymore. You just can't get the original equipment part, which case you just got to take what you can get. But I think it's kind of a disservice. It's sort of a – it's very misleading to me what they – do is they're trying to convince you that you are getting a good part and they'll sit there and tell you oh yeah buy original equipment da 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 but then they'll sell you a junk a part, junk part in the right box yeah in a different box so it's just kind of like mr bruce saying boy he's totally confused yeah. by the all stuff and i'm well, gonna do a little more research on that and maybe i can come back with some more answers on it but yeah it's, it's just crazy the way they do this stuff and and i think it's all in an effort just to make more money sure on sure. some level <laughs> yeah somebody's making more money off of it but it makes it very, very, very difficult to do a good and proper job on your car. And, you know, when you start looking at 
OEM, which means original equipment manufacturer. That's the guy who built the original part that came on the car. Correct. But then you've also got OES, and OES is original equipment service. service part. And that is a service part that maybe is not exactly the same as the original equipment part, but it's sold through the new car dealer. And it's the part they offer for service. Mm-hmm. Because they, they may have had one vendor build the original equipment part but and now, another vendor build the service part. So it's not necessarily 100% as good as the part that came on the car. Exactly. And then, of course, you've got the value line stuff, which makes it way more. And that's just talking about new car dealers. Sure. That's just going back to the dealer and buying the part and hoping you get the right thing. And what you get aftermarket, well, it just who knows? You don't even know if you're getting a, and a, a part that even meets the specs because there's so much counterfeit stuff on the market. You know, I've seen parts come in an AC Delco box and not even be an AC Delco part. It's counterfeit. Right. Comes out of China or who Taiwan knows or where. who knows where. Just, I mean, they can make a part. They can make a box. Yep. And they can ship them in. Nobody, I mean, they, I guess. They sneak the, in under the radar Yeah, for I mean, a while. they try to scan as much of that stuff as they can, but, I mean, they're trying to protect the country from nuclear devices yeah. getting snuck in. They don't really have time to check every oil filter that comes in. Right. They only have so much manpower. And there's a ton of counterfeit stuff out there, particularly when you're buying off the Internet. Cause yeah, you don't, you don't know, know where that stuff's coming from. I mean, at least if you buy from a local store, you can kind of look the guy in the eye and see. And, I mean, the thing is, auto parts just don't have that much markup in them. No. Most time, you're talking around 25% between wholesale and retail. So if you're buying a part that's, 50%, 75%, 100% less you got to really be, part. Yeah, some, really be leery something is wrong. Right. It, it's just not. I had a guy tell me one time we had priced a Toyota catalytic converter uh-huh. for him, and it was, I don't know, about $1,200. You know, I got a buddy of mine works at Toyota. He can get that part for $100. Okay. He was going to steal it. I mean, <laughs> there's not that much markup right. in this stuff. You know, you're talking 25% between wholesale and retail. And maybe even the dealer's cost, you is, might be 50% on it yeah. at most. So, but if you buy this thing for 100 bucks, $1,200 part, something Some, ain't right. Yeah, <laughs> a big yeah. red flag. Yeah, yeah, you'd be, be real, real careful with that. But anyway, like I said, we were talking a little bit about cam timing and all that stuff. And I think just briefly, I wanted to talk about what variable cam timing is. Okay. Because a lot of folks are not familiar with that. It's fairly, I guess, new. fairly new. You know, yeah. the last 10 years or so, they've come out pretty much. All of them have it now. But that's where the computer can change the timing on the camshaft. In other words, it can advance and retard the timing of the camshaft, much like it used to do with the ignition timing. Mm-hmm. You remember back in the old days, you had a distributor and it had some weights in the top that would sling out. So the faster the motor ran, the more it would advance the timing. Right. And most of them had a little vacuum advance that would also advance it under certain conditions and such as that. And what they were trying to do is to tune the combustion event for more efficiency. Sure. At one time, about the only thing you could time was the ignition. And that's what engineers had to work with. And that's what performance people, they would play with distributors and all that to get more performance out of an engine. Then they came out with the variable cam timing. Well, now you can change the cam timing relative to the ignition and the compression cycle. So you have much, much more ability to tune this engine to get more power out of it and increase emissions or decrease emissions, I should say. And, of course, the latest evolution is direct injection. Right. Where they can time the fuel event. And they can do multiple pulses. They can fire the injector before the valve is completely open. They can do all 
kinds of stuff. And that's why you're seeing these newer engines where you got a little 2.5-liter engine making 200 horsepower. Sure. <laughs> it's because they can time and tune this stuff a whole lot more efficiency than they ever could in the past. Exactly. We'll take one last little break. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. So, Madame Babushka, you can tell if my brand-new bow and mirror are a good match? Yes. As I gaze into my crystal ball, I see him over a grill. And now he's on the couch watching football, eating a large plate of meat. Meat? Yes, no veggies. Now I see him on a boat, fishing, and then on a deer stand. Fishing and hunting? Yes, I'm afraid so. Wouldn't it be great if you could look into your car's future to see the road ahead? At Agco, you can. Take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. It's the best way to catch any potential problems that could lead to bigger repairs down the road. Ah, it looks like all this man wants to do is watch sports, hunt, fish, and grill. Oh, Madame Babushka, I love all those things. He sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Ah, c'est la vie. My work here is done. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Still got a few minutes in the show. Give us a call. Be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. That phone number is 291-6901, and you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. Now, just in case you don't get a chance to call in. Or, or something occurred to you during the week. There you go. You can always go to the website, get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button. A little form is going to come up. Fill it out with your symptom and the make and model and any information on your vehicle. Click the send button, and we'll get an answer back to you. There you go. And also, you can. there's a search bar on that site on every page. There's a wonderful, you might, might wonderful search bar. Just click that search bar. Type in what you want because there are several hundred articles that have been written that cover most of the questions we get on this show are covered by something already on the site. And it's not that I mind answering your question, but it's just a lot quicker if you can get that. Plus, it's going to be way more detailed information Mm -hmm. because most of those articles go 500 to 1,000 words or more. And I just don't have the wherewithal to sit down and give you a reply that long. Sure. A gentleman a while back had emailed and he asked, he says, is it possible that a thermostat could cut my fuel mileage. If okay. my thermostat was not working, I said, absolutely. In fact, if you'll just type in the word thermostat, on the website? there's several articles that pertain to that topic. And he wrote back, he's like, wow, he says, this is a ton of information, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's all right there. You just have to search for it. Now, you got to remember, this little search bar is not like a Google. Right. It's, it's not searching the entire internet. It's only searching this one site. So the thing is, you have to be kind of more specific with what you, you search for. On a search bar on a smaller database, less is always more. Sure. The fewer words you put in, the more likely you are to get what, what you're, you're looking, looking for. for. Because if you put, will my thermostat affect the fuel mileage of my car? Well, Google, I mean, they've had 20 years and 10,000 people working for them 24 hours a day improving this thing. It can do almost anything. It's sure. unbelievable. But on a small search engine like that, unless every one of those words is in that article, which they're it's- probably not going to be, it's just going to pop up with no results or very, very limited results. So instead, just put the word thermostat. 
or just put the word fuel mileage mm-hmm. or even just the word Cooler. mileage. Right. And if you get too many responses that you don't want to flip through, then you can always put a little more specific thing in it. But again, that site probably has a million words of text on it total. That's everything on that entire site. Whereas Google is searching trillions oh, yeah. and trillions of results. So no matter what you put in Google, you're, you're going to come get up something. with some results. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But even on when you're using a search engine like Google, it's best. The less you put in, the more you're going to get back. Sure. You just have to weed through it and find out you exactly what you You have to kind of weed through for. and find what you want out of it. But that's the way to get a better answer on, on a website like that. Because, And we could have brought Google in, but that would have brought you to a whole right. bunch of other stuff. So anyway, it's a good little search engine. It will find anything that's indexed on that site, which is quite a, a lot of information so before you have to wait for your answer just search and see if it hadn't already been answered and then of course if you got further questions or whatever you can always sure say hey i was reading this article and i saw da 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 and i don't understand another thing is if you see anything on that site that you don't feel is clear uh-huh. you just don't understand the way it's written if you send me an email i will go in and rewrite that okay and i've done that a number of times because being a gearhead myself, I think a certain way. Right. I've got 50 years experience working on cars, so there are certain things that I just assume that everybody, that everybody knows. knows. Yeah. And I might write it from that context. Now, if I have you proofread it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Well, yeah, I'm However, kind of the same kind of gearhead you are. Yeah, that's it. But if my wife reads it, well, what does this mean? Uh huh. You didn't un. Okay. This yeah, isn't yeah. clear. So. What we'll do is go back and rewrite it in a, a different fashion right. where a non-technical person can get the meaning out of it. And you'd be surprised how often that kind of stuff happens. So I always appreciate when people send me corrections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be it a misspelled word or a misused word or a punctuation error. Because, like I said, with a million words of text, I typed every one of those in there myself. <laughs> Believe me, there are some errors in there. I've scanned it for spelling errors. I've scanned it for the punctuation errors that a computerized thing can catch. But a lot of times they just can't catch it. Exactly. You know, if you put there, T-H-E-I-R, instead of T-H-E-R-E, right. it doesn't it's, know, because that is a proper word, it doesn't know the difference. Right. So it's not it's, actually reading the sentence looking for a context. Mm-hmm. And you may forget to pluralize something. Right. You know, and it's just all kinds of little errors that just are going to get through and when you proofread your own stuff, you already know what it is you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So when you read it, you don't yeah. see it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we always appreciate if you read through the articles and you see something, just send me an email. Sure. There's even case. a little form on there, a bug. For, it looks like a little bug. And any okay. kind of bug or glitch you see in the site, you hit that and send it to me. And we'll get it corrected real, real quick. And like I said, that's just the way we do that. We were talking just a little bit about some of the different tuning stuff and all they can do with the engines. Right. And, like the direct injection, if you remember back when turbos and all first came out, sure, you always used to have what they call turbo lag. Right. You'd and, step on the accelerator, and there would be a, a, a dead spot, and then all of a sudden the power Power wouldn't. up. Just a split, split second. Right. But it was enough to notice. Yeah, it was noticeable, and it was just a problem with turbos because if you spun that turbo up enough to get rid of the lag, you'd end up burning it up because it was overdriving it all the rest of the time. But with direct injection and variable cam timing, what they can do now is the split second, I mean thousandth of a second you touch that accelerator, that computer sees that throttle application. It can fire that injector a little bit 
into the exhaust cycle or even hold the exhaust valve open slightly just a longer bit to spool that turbo that burning gas goes out the exhaust spins that turbo up so fast and, right. that, and that's why they virtually eliminated that turbo lag yep just took a little more technology to to perfect it right they just didn't have that technology at one time and now they do and it allows them to do just a whole whole lot more things one of the newer things that they're working on i know ngk has it perfected where they've got a replacement for spark plugs okay i don't see it where it's ever been put into production yet but they do have the prototype for it and it's a laser that'll fire the fuel air mixture okay and it can fire multiple times per cycle if it needs to and it can also direct the fire to different parts of the combustion chamber so it finds the the cooler the part. sweet spot to fire and different rpm it may change and move around uh-huh. i just can't imagine what it costs to change them but yeah well <laughs> that's just the way it goes let's see if we can squeeze another call and we got ronald online good morning ronald good morning uh, mike my question do you work on on cars like 1982 and 1973 things like that we work on a certain amount of them ronald but the the owner of the car has to be understanding in that it's very difficult to get quality parts for those older cars uh-huh. and so it's not something you can come in and wait on while we fix it you know it's something you're going to need to drop off we're going to have to keep it for a while so we can source the proper part diagnose the problem and all that but yeah to ask you a question yes sir we do service we've got all the equipment to do it because we've been in business so long I'm just totally out of time, but go to my website. It's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com, and it gives you a map from anywhere in the world. Okay. A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O, agcoauto.com. Okay. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. All right. I see we just about out of time. We start kind of winding on up. Got a few minutes there, but uh, getting close. Yeah. The, the point is, with all this new technology, it is wonderful. They can do a marvelous number of things with it. Of course, it all comes with a price. Sure. You know, the laser plugs will probably be $300 a piece as opposed to $20 a piece for a for regular plug. iridium plug or $3 a piece for yeah, <laughs> a for copper, plug. copper plug. So, yeah, just one of those things. Type technology, technology moves on. So, Hey, I see you just about time to get on out of here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week, every week. And tell your friends and go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written review and fill it out for us. Yeah, it's really important to us because as we get more positive reviews, it moves us up in the rankings so that when someone types in auto repair, we come up close to the top of the list. More people click on us, get more listeners. We can keep on doing the show. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.